you found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34 is what we're going to look at today. So uh, if you can pull that out, um, we'll be reading that here in a second. You know, it's about uh, five and a half months ago that our president declared a national emergency due to the COVID-19 virus. Uh, Five and a half months ago. And so since then, we've endured some hardship because of that. Um, Some more than others, you know, there's a lot of worry and fear still going around about the virus. And there's people that that we know who have gotten sick and even died from getting it. Um, People have lost jobs. People have uh, lost their homes. All of these things are happening all because of an invisible enemy that we're trying to fight with masks and staying away from each other. You know, and washing our hands, all of those kind of things. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be great to get back to virus-free days? You know, will it ever happen? You know, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it won't, but I, I expect it will. And I expect it might get a little better after November 3rd. You know, that's just my hunch. Just take it or leave it. Uh, and I really hope that it does because mankind has a lot bigger problems than COVID-19. We have been infected with a worry virus that, that's been running rampant since we've been alive, uh, since mankind has been alive. And, uh, you know, there's a cure for that. And Jesus is going to lead us there uh, today uh, in these verses, uh, verses 25 to 34. So let's read those, what he has to say about worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for your word today, the treasure uh, that it is, um, the wisdom that it provides for our life, the reminders of encouragement uh, for our faith of who you are and how you love us and what you do and how you do it. 
Lord, we are so needing to hear these words today from Jesus. We have a worry virus that plagues us. And so, God, I pray you'd lead us, lead us down that road to a cure, to a worry-free shine for our life. Pray the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, it was in the 1960s that a man named Jim Knup was building apartments in the Bay Area around San Francisco. And one of the common uh, complaints that he heard from his uh, renters was there was just not enough space in these apartments. They usually didn't have garages, and these renters had just a bunch of stuff, and they had no place to put it. And so as, as he was hearing this, he was noticing that it wasn't just the renters that had this problem. It was about everyone. Everyone had more stuff than they could store. All of Americans. So in 1970, he purchased a small piece of land in Alameda, uh, California, and he built California's first self-storage. Now, people in California said, you are nuts. Who is going to pay you money to rent a 10 by 10 shed just to store their stuff? Nobody has that much stuff. (laughs) Well, you know, we get we get wiser, right? In just a few weeks, he'd rented out all of his storage units in Alameda. So he built another one. He built another one in Berkeley and another one in San Pablo and then Vallejo and then San, Le- San Leandro, Foster City, Coma, and Hayward. Soon, Mr. Knup, he owned thousands of self-storage units all up and down the California coast and he made millions giving people a place to put their stuff. Now, what was the secret of his success? Mankind has a worry virus. Now, there's a lot of different kinds of worry. And we struggle with a lot of different kinds of worry. And all of it is unnecessary and not how God would have us live. We worry about our safety. It's a big one. We're always praying for you know, people to be safe. And it's important. My sister-in-law and my nephew were in a car accident uh, this this last week. Uh, and... and uh, the car got totaled and, and they got you know injured a little bit. Thank God it wasn't more. But you know we pray, we hate those kinds of things, right? And we worry about those kinds of things. We're always praying for safety. We're praying for you know us not to get sick. We're praying about the future. We're praying about the weather. We're praying about the election. On and on and on because we are worrying so much about all of this stuff. But listen, Jesus is talking about a, di- a certain kind of worry that we have, and it's it's a worry that we have when it comes to our survival as human beings. Okay, he begins this uh, part of the of the of the sermon with that little word therefore. This is therefore da 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 da. So he's basically saying um, what I'm about to say relates to what I just said. So so since you cannot serve both God and money, since uh, you should be focused on spiritual things and not on earthly things, laying up for yourselves treasure in heaven and not. On earth, since all of those things are true and what you should do, don't worry about your survival. Now, I would say most Americans might have moved past survival worry. You know, we think we got it. 
got this under control. And so, so we, we have moved beyond survival worry to another kind of worry, a worry that I'm going to call superfluosity worry. Now, Charlie Burgess uh, was my father-in-law, and he used to say after a very fine meal, when someone would offer him seconds, he would say, I believe I've had a gentle sufficiency. And any more would be a superfluosity. So I don't know if superfluosity is in Webster's, um, but I think you can sort of get the meaning of the word just by hearing it, hearing it said, you know, a, a superfluosity. Uh, it's a worry that causes us to accumulate things, to store stuff in self-storage units, to fill up our garages and our bank accounts. And even though we're not trying to survive anymore, we're preoccupied with all this stuff because we think stuff will make us happy, stuff will make us safe, stuff will make us secure. Now, the Greek word that Jesus uses for worry here is to be busy with life. So he's saying, don't be too busy with life, survival. Don't be too full of care over survival. Don't be too worrying anxiously over this life. Now, let's see how he leads us to a cure for the worry virus. So in verses 25 to 27, he makes his first point. Worry is fruitless. It's fruitless. Verse 25, therefore, I tell you, therefore, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Survival. Now, most people that Jesus is talking to, they didn't have a whole lot. And so they spent most of their life trying to survive. (laughs) I mean, growing their own food, making their own clothes. I mean, that's what their life was about. Until the Industrial Revolution in our country, that's what most everybody's life was about. They were trying to just survive. And that was a lot of hard work. I mean, if all you were going to eat was what you were going to grow and all you were going to wear was what you could knit together, um, what you could make yourself, who would blame you to have a little survival worry kind of running in your, running around in your heart? But Jesus says here, listen, you are worrying over nothing. Because what is life? Is it about food and clothes? He said, it's more than food and clothes. It's more than, than survival. And for us that have a superfluosity form of this worry virus, we, we hear Jesus say that and it always tweaks us. It always kind of corrects us. But for a, a person who's got the survival worry bug, it's encouragement. It's encouragement to them. What is life if it is not these things that we eat and wear and see and build and store? What is it? Well, life is... Knowing God and walking with Him every day. Life is sharing Him with others and sharing what He's provided for us with others. That is, that is life. Life is the single person staying single for the sake of the gospel. Life is the married couple staying married and as their marriage grows older, their love grows stronger because of Jesus. Life is a church shining their light out into people's darkness. Life is praying over somebody who is sick to the great physician. 
Life is discipling your children, watching them grow up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the, and the life. Jesus is life. He is the bread of life. He is the light of life. So this worry virus, it causes us to worry over nothing. But Jesus calls us to be preoccupied with him. Verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? So here Jesus is saying, your worry is for nothing. You worry for nothing. I mean, just look at the birds. Uh, First service, we had about 500 birds land out here when I said that. That was was really easy to look at the birds. (laughs) Not one bird that has ever existed has fallen from the sky mid-flight because of starvation. Not one. And they're not working for their wage. You know, they're, they're not pulling their weight. I mean, the way, the way we measure things, they don't deserve to be fed. But God feeds them. God feeds the birds. And Jesus says, how much more valuable are you to God? Do you know your value? You're, you're more valuable to God than a whole flock of birds. First Peter 5, 7 says, God cares for you. God cares for For you. It says in Zephaniah 3.17 that God is singing a joyful song over you. Can you hear? (laughs) Jeremiah 29.11 said God plans good for you. Luke 12.7 says God knows how many hairs are on your head. That's easier for some than others, right? Psalm 56, 8 says, God collects all your tears in his bottle. How important are you to God? We are his most prized creation because we are the ones created in his image. You know, and if he takes care of all of the rest of creation that is there to serve us, how much more is he going to take care of us who are here to serve him? Hmm? When you know your value to God, you realize you are worrying for nothing. In verse 27, Jesus says, our worry amounts to nothing. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? Did you know that worry can't add an hour to your life, but it can subtract one? And it it does in in lots of people's lives. It takes, and that's all worry can do. Worry can't add money to your bank account. Worry can't put the next meal on the table. Worry can't do any of that. Worry can't get you new shoes for school. All worry does is steal. It steals sleep. It steals joy. It steals time. It's a life stealer. You know who Corey Ten Boom was? You know that name? And she was a Dutch Christian watchmaker and she was a hero of the Holocaust. Her family 
um, rescued uh, an estimated 800 Jewish people from the concentration camps. And if you think about that life and all the things that she would have battled with as far as worry goes, you know, survival worry, food would be scarce, everything would be scarce during a war. And she said this about worry. Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. It steals. Take it from one who had a lot to worry about. So the bottom line here from Jesus is this. Your worry is fruitless. You worry over nothing, your worry is for nothing, and your worry amounts to nothing. And all you got to do is look at the birds for proof. Now, verse 28 to 30, Jesus teaches us not only is worry fruitless, but it's also faithless. Worry is faithless, verse 28 to 29. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So why be preoccupied with what we wear? It's Jesus on the mountaintop. Why be preoccupied with what you're wearing? Just look at that field over there and the wildflowers and how they grow. Just look how beautiful that is. I mean, Solomon, the richest king in all of the history of the world, never looked that good when he was decked out. Really, it's kind of easy to get wrapped up in what we get wrapped up in, isn't it? (laughs) And most of us are not worried about survival here, but more style. You know, when I started the church in 2008, I, I changed my Sunday morning attire. I went from wearing a suit every Sunday to wearing slacks and a button down shirt, collar. And I did that for a while, and then I kind of moved to jeans and still got the collar shirt, but I'm untucking the shirt now, mostly to cover up the only part of my body that's growing. But, you know, there's some options for pastors when it comes to Sunday morning apparel, you know. And we've gone through a lot of different changes over the years, and I found a couple of pictures. These are some options for me. So put those up there, you know. So here's a guy on the left, which I probably could pull off the top half of that, but I'm not sure I could do the bottom half. Yeah, and the guy on the right there, I got all kinds of problems with that. There's no way, I I mean. And then there's a whole Instagram thing that's called Pastors with Sneakers, and there's all kinds of options, you know, when it comes to Sunday morning appeal, the image that I want to put. You know, to be truthful with you, all I really worry about is that I don't wear the same shirt that I wore last Sunday. But isn't it easy to get wrapped up in what we get wrapped up in? You know, to worry about that. Whether you're a pastor or a student or a nurse or a mechanic or an IT person or a stay-at-home mom, we worry about these things. Jesus says in verse 30, he gets to his point, But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Worry is faithless. So if the God makes the flowers look so good, and they're just going to be temporary, they're going to wither in a few days after one season, how much more important are you than that field of wildflowers? Now, you ought to realize how important wildflowers are to God. Because they have a purpose. He created them. And they send out a message to anyone who would look at them that He is there and He is amazing. That He is magnificent and majestic. 
I mean, have you ever stopped and looked at the wildflowers up close? Here's a picture of one. Now, those are some amazing colors. I chose the purple because that's Lori's favorite color. And that's amazing. I mean, just look at the dynamics of that picture and the design of it, the, uh, the symmetry, the detail of it. That's amazing. And that came from a, a seed. God's fingerprints are all over that. And every single flower in a field is different. Now, here's a picture of a field that's more of the grand picture, one that we're more familiar with. That one happens to be a field of of sunflowers. And when you look at that grand picture, you get a grand message that there is a grand creator. You know, in recent years, down by where we live, there's been farmers who have sown their fields in sunflowers. And a very common sight when you drive by those fields is people stop and they're out there taking pictures. There's even a bride and groom out there getting their wedding pictures, taken in the middle of a sunflower seal. And why not? It says it's got this grand message. I mean, it just calls out to us. Now, some people, they start worshiping creation. But that creation is there to speak that there is a creator, and he's magnificent. Now, I tell you all that. I remind you of all that to tell you this. You are more important than that. Because you have the greatest capacity of anything that God created to reflect him to the world. Because you're made in his image, and you can speak about his love. So when you worry about food and clothes to the point of preoccupation, Jesus is saying we've got little faith. It shows that we're depending too much on ourselves and trying to survive and not believing that we have a loving Heavenly Father there who will take care of us. It shows that we struggle with that superfluosity worry that we're caring so much about what we have and what we wear and what we're eating and we're focused on us instead of on on him. Now, verses 31 to 32, Jesus wraps up his apologetic here for a worry-free shine. He says, therefore, here's the word again, therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. So don't worry about food. Don't worry about clothes. Because you've got a loving Heavenly Father who's going to take care of you. And when you let the worry virus just grow in your heart, run rampant in your life, you're living like somebody who doesn't know God. Like a Gentile. Now, a Gentile... That was someone who wasn't Jewish, somebody that was outside the chosen people that did not know Yahweh. They might have heard stories about him, but they have stories. They didn't know him. They didn't have any promises. They were spiritual. You know, Gentiles are spiritual people. You don't have to be a Christian to be spiritual. They pray. They have a religion. But that all of that religion, every other religion, you got to go to the God and you got to do stuff to get that God to do stuff for you. And that's the life that you have to live. That's all you got. And the thing is, no assurances. Not one of the religion gives you assurances that God's going to come through. And so you have this life of, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and hopefully they'll, they'll do that for me. 
And you just go about living your life with worry filling your heart. That's, that's a life, really, that, that is, uh, you're living that life in an I got this mode. I got this. Jesus is making the point here that when you have a loving Heavenly Father who can and will take care of you because you're His child, because He cares for you, the birds and the flowers are reminders that we don't have to worry. The I got this life. In fact, at the, at the outreach yesterday, there was, a, there was a boy there and he had a shirt on that said, I got this. And I thought, wait till you grow up. Because life comes at you fast. And pretty soon, your solutions run out. Your strength runs out. And life overwhelms you. And you realize that you don't got this. And all you got is worry about if you're going to make it. So you can live a worry-free life because God is there and God cares for you. He's got this and he's got you. Or you can live a worry-filled life because I got this. And the question is today, which one are you closer to living? The worry-filled life or the worry-free life? Which one are you closer to? Worry is fruitless. Worry is faithless. But I have very good news for you. Worry is Fixable. It's fixable. Now, have you ever noticed when you uh, are out walking in your lawn or mowing the lawn that when when the, when you get to a spot where the, it's really really healthy, really green, you know, there's just very few weeds there. And then in the places in the lawn where there's kind of it's kind of patchy and dry, you got a few more weeds. And then the places where it's just bare dirt, all you get is weeds. Now, you can spray the weeds, you can pull the weeds, even get in the root, but eventually the weeds are going to come back. If you really want to get rid of the weeds, you've got to work on multiplying the grass, getting a healthy, thick lawn so there is no room for weeds. It's kind of the same when it comes to fixing worry in your life. It is working on developing a very healthy, vibrant life with God so there is no room for the worry weeds in your life. And you do that by fertilizing your love for God, by feeding your faith in God, and by watering your hope in God. If you do those things, your life with God will be healthy and full and thick and green. Very little room for the worry weed to grow. Now Jesus, he's, he leads us there in verses in the last two verses. Verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So, what does it mean to seek the kingdom first? Does it mean, well, I'll go to church on the first day of the week, And then I can kind of do what I want the rest of the week. Or I'll give him the first part of my check, my money, my budget, and then I can kind of do what I want with the rest of it. God is first. 
so I can do whatever else. I'm taking care of God. Now I can take care of me. Is that what seeking the kingdom first means? It, it doesn't. It's not about putting God first on a to-do list or a, or a calendar or a wish list. It is about putting God at the center of everything that you are and have and plan and want to do. Putting him right in the center. It is about seeing your love for God come to life in your life no matter where you are or what you're doing. It is about watching your faith, exercising your faith, taking steps of faith based on what his word says and trusting him to come through for you. It is about renewing your hope day by day by going over, remembering the promises of God that he speaks over his children. That's how you take care of tomorrow. You hope in God's promises today. Now, here's a few examples of seeking the kingdom first. Pastor of Outreach, Bill White, from Emmanuel Reformed Church in California, he shared this testimony about Craig. Craig was an alcoholic, had been for a, uh, a dozen years or so, and he had lost everything, including his wife and his son, uh, all due to that addiction. And so things began to change, got, get a little bit better for Craig when he uh, got saved, when he gave his life to Christ. But he still struggled, kind of going back and forth between the bottle and Christ, uh, falling back into his old habits. He had lost this well-paying job, and so he was working at a grocery store as a clerk, and it didn't help that that grocery store was stocked full of all of his favorite drinks. So after a few years of going back and forth between Christ and the bottle, he finally cut ties, and out of obedience to Jesus, he quit his job, not having another one to go to. And so he's in a desperate situation. No way to support himself, no income. All he has is Jesus. Well, he ended up with a job interview at a sheet metal company that was down the street from his church. And after the interview, he said, I went out to my car and I prayed, God, if you give me this job, I will give you my first paycheck. (laughs) Well, he got the job. And he remembers the day that that paycheck came in the mail. He went home and he sat down at his kitchen table and he had a pile of bills overdue needing to be paid. And here's this check. And he endorsed it over to the church. And he walked to the church office, didn't wait for Sunday to come around. And the offering plate, he just gave it to them. He says that was the moment that changed his life because that's when he realized what it meant to seek the kingdom of God first and to trust Christ for everything. Now, Craig was a Christian, but he wasn't seeking the kingdom first. Christ wasn't at the center of his life. The bottle was. He quit his job out of obedience to Christ. That was a change he made. But it left him no way to support himself except through God's provision. When he made that promise to give God that first check, you know, the way the story goes isn't normally how we hear that story, is it? Now, I promise if you do this for me, I'll do this for you and then... Something good happens and you kind of forget about the promise that you made. But this, this shows the sincerity of his heart, doesn't it? He didn't write a tithe on that check. He didn't give God a piece of it. And he sure could have, right? He had a bunch of needs. He gave him the whole thing. 
That's putting the kingdom first. That's trusting God to provide. That's fertilizing your love for God and bringing it alive in your life. It could, it could be seen. I promise you this. When Craig left the church office, he was not full of worry over the bills at home. He was full of joy over the obedience to Jesus. Full of joy. Here's another example. Elmer Towns, known for his abundant writings on prayer, shared a story in one of his books about his wife and him. He says his wife and him, they went through college by faith. He said, I don't know how we would have made it through all the difficulties if we would not have prayed together every single day. He said, I was earning $1 an hour driving a school bus. And it was just enough to take care of our necessities. But we didn't even have a dime left over for a soda. Kind of dates it, doesn't it? One evening, at the, kitchen t- the only thing in the kitchen cabinet was tuna fish. So my wife made a tuna fish casserole. We sat down to eat it with clasp hands. We thanked God for the food. And I prayed a prayer like this. God, you know that we are broke. You know that payday is two days away. You know that we are willing to fast until the money comes. But would you please take care of our need? Just when they said amen, there was a knock at the door. Ruth got up and answered the door, and it was the laundryman. And she said, I'm sorry, we don't have any laundry today. We can't afford to get things cleaned. And he said, well, I'm not here to pick up your laundry. I was reminded that uh, the landlord wanted me to give you $20 because you helped thaw the pipes a few weeks back, and I just remembered that today. Now, Elmer says, some people would call that coincidence, but we call that answered prayer. Ruth and I, together, God reminded the laundryman that we needed help. And he showed up right when we needed it. That is what happens when you trust God for your needs. Instead of being preoccupied with our survival, with us having to take care of ourselves, do you think Elmer and Ruth knew that God loved them? (laughs) Do you think that he... And he and his wife could look at the birds and say amen to Jesus' words. That is faith in action. You know how to grow your faith. Exercise it. Exercise your faith and your your worry will start to go away. Jesus finishes in verse 34. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Again, there's the word therefore. So since God takes care of the birds and the flowers, and you're so much more valuable than they are, so much more important to him, he will take care of you. And because of that, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. I mean, really, you can't do anything about tomorrow. You might not even... Get tomorrow. All you have is today. So focus on today and put your hope in God for tomorrow. And you water that hope by remembering his promises. Promises to his children. Promises like he will work out all things together for the good of those who love him. Promises like there is nothing you can do today that will separate you from his love tomorrow. He is going to be with you no matter what. Even if you say, God, you stay at church, I want the rest of the week. He'll follow you. (laughs) He's faithful. He'll go with you. Didn't we sing that? His goodness will follow us in our life. 
So that's how you water your hope. That's how you fix your worry. You put God at the center of everything. You, you love him through your obedience. You exercise your faith. You walk by faith and not by sight. And you remember his promises. And that is the way you take care of tomorrow. Do you know the name Bobby McFerrin? Well, if you do, it's because of a little song that he wrote back in 1988. And many of you will recognize it. It could be the theme song for Jesus' words uh, today. I found this uh, COVID-19 cover version of this song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. And I think it will bring a smile to your face. But also, as it plays, uh, believe that it will move you to a place of considering the birds and the flowers and bringing some peace to your heart. Is Jesus at the center of your life? If he's not, you can make a decision today to put him right there. No more time has to go by. If you need to talk to God about your survival worry, you know that so much time and energy and focus is, is for your life is placed on just, you know, getting by. Just tell him that. Talk to him about that. Do you have a step of obedience to take today? To bring your love for God alive in your life? Do you need to remember his promises because tomorrow is just weighing you down? You can do all of those things as we're taking in this song again. And I encourage you to do so. Hey, God has got this. And God has got you. Now, Bobby McFerrin, he wrote what to do, but not how to do it. Jesus gave us the answer. Seek first the kingdom of God. Let's stand. And we'll pray together. Heavenly Father, we we come before you in a world full of worry. So many things that stir up that weed in our heart. And we pray for you to forgive us for that because we know that it means our eyes have been moved from you to the things that we're worried about. Lord, use the birds and the flowers again in our lives as, as reminders of how much you care for us, how much you love us, how faithful you are even when we are not. Move our eyes back to them and then back to you. And I pray for those that need to move some things out of the way to put you back right in the center of all that they are and all that they're hoping for and all that they're doing, all that they have, Lord. Give them the faith to do that today. And I pray for those that need to take that step of obedience. They've heard you speak. And that steps in front of them, Lord, it No place to put the foot down yet, but that doesn't show up until you start to take the step. So, Lord, give them that faith to take the step, to exercise their faith, to believe that you will come through. And I pray for those, Lord, that are carrying a heavy burden today because of tomorrow. And there's nothing that we can do about that. So remind us of your great promises in your word. 
that you're with us always. That we can't get away from you. We can't do anything to send you away. And that even though it may not look like it, you're working out good for us. So water our faith today, Lord. Fertilize it. Help us to put it into action. And get rid of those worry weeds. We love you so much. Thank you for Jesus who's made life possible with you because he died for us. Wiping away our sins. Bringing us into fellowship with you. And living, conquering that grave to bring us hope. Life is in our future, not death. Send us out full of your spirit who bears the kind of fruit through us that this world needs to see so badly. We trust in him to work as we walk. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen.